Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome back to A Canadian Investing in the United States podcast. I'm your host, Brady McDonald, and I'm pumped, absolutely stoked to have our upcoming guest, uh, come on and speak to you. Uh, this fella, his name is Glenn Sutherland. You may have heard him. He is from Ontario, but exclusively invested in the United States and has has done a ton of amazing things. He's a super share, and I'm so pumped to have him and have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Well, thanks for having me, Brady. So let's just, you know, obviously there, there may, you, you are fairly well known in, uh, in the real estate investing circle, but you know, there's definitely going to be some listeners that don't know your backstory. So I feel, I feel like I want, I want you just to give it a little bit of an intro about yourself, who you are, what you've done, where you, where you came from, a little bit of the origin story, God. Oh, okay. All right. I like that. I love, actually, I love it when people give me different questions than I'm used to getting, but, um, yeah, so, um, I originally started investing in the United States, or sorry, in Canada off the start. I uh, started in Canada. I started off with a, a condo townhouse um, in Waterloo, Ontario was my first project. Um, it was also, it was also, honestly the worst experience I've ever had. Um, we had to go through the landlord tenant board twice, uh, do evictions on every tenant that I ever put into that property. Uh, we were getting partial payments. It was just an over-consuming nightmare. Um, I honestly didn't know what I was doing. I thought that I just buy this thing and it would be paid off. And if my nine to five job didn't give me a good enough retirement, at very least I'd pay off this property and I'd have that money uh, as a nice chunk uh, someday, right? It was like, it was, you know, naive sort of investing at the start, right? Um, so we did that. And after two tenants, I was like, this is the worst experience I've ever had. I'm selling the property. I'm never doing real estate again. So I sold the property. I'd owned it for about a year and a half. So not that long uh, and get done everything. And I got about $30,000 more than I put into it. And it just, it just stewed in me for like another year. And I was just like, what? Like it was miserable, but like for at that time, like that's a, that's a lot of money, right? That was a lot of money. And I was like, this there's got to be something here. There's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, and so I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's try it again. So um, this is even the second project I started getting smarter. Um, I raised money. If you consider this raising, I, I talked to grandma. <laughs> uh, grandma gave me uh, um, a low interest note that was all back end paid. Right. But I still was going to pay her an interest rate, but it was on the back end. Um yeah. So then I bought a prop, another townhouse, and then I used her money again, and we bought another townhouse. I partnered with my brother, and we bought uh, two more townhouses, and we were just ripping through. I was like, I'm going to buy every semi-detached in Cambridge at the time. I'm like, this is this like we got this system down. We're just going to buy them all, right? And like, think yeah. about it, like if we we get we can get like three four hundred bucks cash flow every month. We just we just have to buy all of them, and and, and we'll be set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get this, you get your spreadsheet out, and you start extrapolating like how many of these do i need to leave my job and you're all excited and you go through the whole your freedom number (laughs) exactly right so anyway we did that for a while um um and then we started realizing the market went up we did a whole bunch of refinances and uh i was partnered with my brother um and that's uh it was a blessing and a curse (laughs) so i was partnered with my brother um 
we got a whole bunch of money. We got stacks of money. I'm like, cool. Now we don't have to take on partners. We can use this money. We can reinvest it. And amazing. But it really hurt our cash flow. Like we went from cash flowing like $400 a month down to like a hundred because uh, of this new mortgage payments and everything else. Yeah. And what happened was my brother, as soon as we got the money, was not interested in real estate anymore. As soon as the cash showed up, he's like, I'm moving to a bigger house. I'm putting a pool in. I'm spending the whole thing. And I was like, well, we got all these properties that barely cash flow. So you know what happens? Sale, sale. And you're going, why did we refinance these stupid properties? Like we just knew if we had more communication. We knew that's what the plan was going to be. We should just sold them. We shouldn't have went through all this refinance right. and then sale. It didn't, it didn't make any sense. So right. we sold those all off. And uh, I got down so that I bought, I think, three or four that were just on my own, right? Um, and the rest of them were all with my brother. So we sold off the whole portfolio. It was all gone. Um, and I was sitting there with the cash. Um, I didn't spend my cash. And at the time, this is like, I don't know, eight years ago, um, there wasn't Canadian podcasts. They didn't exist. There was only like the big ones, you know, the the best ever podcast, epic real estate, the ones that have been around forever, right? Those ones yeah. that are like 10 years, 20 years old, um, the very starters. So those are the only ones that existed. And I was just soaking it in. I had a job where I drove around all day and I just soaked what in. What was the job? What, what what did you do, Glenn, before? Oh, yeah, I used to... Uh, I used to fix bank machines, uh, Lenovo computers or laptops and the Lexmark printers. So I was a hardware. Completely unrelated to real estate. <laughs> Completely unrelated. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I drove around. I was like a field tech, right? So I was in my truck all day long and I just listened to podcasts, just soaked it in. And I, I built quite a business, but like at this point, I hadn't really done any education. It had been uh, a lot of, you know, trial by fire, a lot of screw ups, a lot of screwing everything up um and fixing it and learning from it and making notes um so anyway i got <clears throat> i was where was i going with this so anyway we got the that going i started listening to all these podcasts all about american stuff everything was american like there wasn't canadian stuff and i started looking at it and i'm like and they talked about markets they talked about all this stuff because i was like like every podcast i was going through like i was putting in like six hours a day of podcasting for <laughs> like a year so i was like just absorbing everything and writing notes as i went um taking video notes uh, on my phone and just just capturing everything and i was like okay i think i could do the u.s i think i could do the u.s this seems like it seems totally doable um i don't know the financing uh i haven't figured out a bunch of these pieces but i'm gonna, just gonna buy something and then I will go figure this out. So yeah. I, I I took the money. Uh, first one I bought was a property in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, or maybe I take a step back. I had a property in Strathroy, Ontario as well, which was my remote property. And I got used to okay. managing stuff about two hours away, right? Before I went to the US too. So it wasn't as big yeah. of a jump. But anyway, then so anyway, bought the place in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I didn't know financing, bought it with cash. Uh, didn't know a lot of stuff. Um, and it was just figuring out as we went. Uh, I went next to buy a couple properties in Kansas City, Missouri. And um, so I bought those. And then I was like talking to them and they knew lenders that would do foreign national loans. So then we went and refinanced all three properties. And it was just slowly, it just slowly building up your team, like the hard, slow way. <laughs> um, yeah. But you're, as you grew, you're slowly meeting it. And that's when I started the podcast. I think it was around property four when the podcast started in the U.S., um, and so then it just sort of, sort of grew from there. And I just, I started, uh, like leverage because I was buying stuff that didn't need renovation at the start. 
um because i didn't it was just a piece that was terrifying from that distance um but the team in huntsville alabama that i'd gotten comfortable with uh, i found out that they you know could do like major renovations so we just started start buying those and renoing them but the scale speed was slow because i was using my own money right um right. I, i'm not one of those guys that started with a ton of money i started with some money that from you know basically selling some properties in ontario right i didn't yeah. have like this big chunk or i wasn't a rich guy by any means um I had enough to like buy one property at a time or two. You bought one property and JV'd with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> or your grandma, your grandma, yeah. right? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's so, what, that was, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we started doing it that way. And then um, I did a bunch more of those. And then I started realizing that like, I really can only do like two projects a year. And it was, it was just crawling. I'm like, I have something here. I've started this podcast. And I'm like, it just was, it was just slow crawling. Right. And then I'm like, I started taking on joint ventures, which was the big mind change. And I, I knew about it. I'd heard all the, the jazz about it. I'd, uh, I won't do name drops, but I've been to like a bunch of real estate meetups. Everyone's always talking, do these JVs, do these joint, joint ventures, then everything else. And I was just like, I, I, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's what everyone always tells you, or you always tell yourself, I don't need to do this. I'm doing right. fine. Right? right. My strategy yeah. works perfectly fine. I, I yeah. did the same thing with lease options. I don't need to do that. My strategy works fine, but you know right. what? The more tools you put in your tool bag, it starts to speed up. So I took on the joint ventures. Um, then we started doing about like five projects a year the first year, and then uh, it was like twenty, and then it was thirty a year, and it just it just kept growing. And then you're like, okay, uh, I started talking to some a really smart guy out of Ajax. I won't do the name drop, but he's been a guest on my podcast. We went for coffee. And he's like, "What you doing, stupid Glenn?" <laughs> I'm like what? And he goes. Why are you taking on joint ventures, doing six-month renovations or six-month total turns, right? Purchased, reno, uh, refinance, cashing these people out at the six-month mark, and then keeping them around. He's like, you're, you're borrowing their money for short, such a short period of time. That's what, not what joint ventures is for. You should be using private money. Like, what are you doing with joint ventures in this situation? It makes no sense. And I went, that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And I'm like, I'm starting to get more, you know what? I'm, I'm going to soak up everyone's idea. I'm going to stop yeah. being like, my idea works good. You know, anyone throws something, I'm like, stop being bullheaded and go, I'm going to soak all of it up. There's there's always something in here. Um, yeah. So change of mindset. So we anyway, we took that in. Um, I started doing all private money, everything. And then uh, I was going to leave my job. This is like three years ago and four years ago. And uh, we're doing good. And I'm like, where's all the cash flow? Where's where's all the money? And I, it doesn't make any sense. But what was happening was all the money, I was making a ton of cash flow from all these rentals I was holding, and they were servicing all these notes. And then whenever I get the money from you know doing a flip or a burr or whatever, we just kept putting in more properties. And I was like, the money never arrives, but there is tons. Right. My net worth was growing like crazy. Right, right. But there's there's no money. And I'm like, Okay, we're broken again. There's something broken with the system. And you're like, let's pivot again. And then yeah. let's start doing uh, a mix of JVs and private money. Um, so anyway, that's how it kind of goes. Uh, it grows and grows. Um, now we're like, you know, uh, hang around with bigger people, with bigger thought processes. Uh, we're working on a syndication. We spent a crap ton of money on some syndication lawyers and trying to buy some uh, 100-ish unit buildings. And... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just 
long story short that without otherwise if we go through every property we're going to hear for an hour but <laughs> yeah it's kind of how no, it, no, that, that, it was out. That, that was amazing that no that gives a little a lot of uh color i think to to who you are and where you, where you came from and now one a couple of things i just want to kind of touch back on yeah okay yeah i didn't really give you a chance us. to jump in yeah let's just go back a little bit like I mean, I think a lot of people, there's, you know, there's more people that are, that are looking to get started than they are to scale. So I think I just want to touch back on, you know, at the very start, you had this nightmare experience, which a lot of people do because we're going to learn primary, we're going to make most of our less uh, failures in the first few deals. And you're also not and, willing to spend the money on a coach at the very start. It, it right. takes a while until you like, I'm doing well enough to, to afford this. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And so what, you know, just, just with regards to that, like, what was your mindset like to get you back in the trenches, the trenches that had the nightmare tenant the you know, that like that first deal was a freaking nightmare. Then you kind of did a bunch of deals and then there was a kind of a bad, a weird situation again with your brother. It was just like these, these kind of keep these experiences just kept on hitting you down. How did you get over those and, and make sure that you kept on pushing forward? Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com slash coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. <laughs> oh, hopefully my brother doesn't listen to this episode. So <laughs> this is the honest truth. And it, 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 it everybody has their own um, backstory, but um my brother and I have been like, we're best buddies, but we're also really hard on each other. Um, and like, for instance, when I was like, I don't know, 10 years old, I wanted to build a soapbox racer car, right? Which is just an unmotorized car to race down the hill. And he told me there's no way you can freaking do that. And then I went and built one. And it's just like, you can't do this, Glenn. And then I'm like, yes, I freaking can and you're like and we just have this like ongoing no you can't do this you can't do that something this big and i'm like yes you freaking can you know and he says you, whatever it is and that's not really a real positive sort of story but it, it like it drives you like it's whatever it is that gets you to do it but it was it's a it's kind of a dark dark positive but it uh it's one of those things that gets me to go uh sometimes i know this sounds even worse Sometimes I know that he's going to have, we're going to have a negative conversation. It's going to be almost an argument because I'm going to tell him about what I'm thinking of doing. Cause I know he's going to tell me there's no way. You and, can and just to light that fire under your butt and be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go tell this. He's going to tell me no. And I'm going to go freaking do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, is, that is so, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a good thing that you've recognized that. Right. And I mean, it's obviously just an internal belief that you like to do hard things to challenge yourself to see if you can figure it out and it seems like you do yeah seems like well, also you, you surround yourself with brady right you go you you watch even watch brady on social media and it's it, what it is it's you know there's some real estate elements but it's about doing hard stuff that's what the whole thing is it's just you know like, hey i'm gonna go do this iron man i'm gonna go to do this triathlon I'm going to do something that challenges me. I'm going to push myself harder. I'm going to go into self-storage. I'm going to do something bigger than I've ever done before. And you just keep pushing yourself. And the thing is, 
if you keep putting yourself in rooms like that, um, because people go, well, I'm not paying that kind of money for this mastermind. I'm not paying that kind of, like people literally will ask me like, what did you get from that? And what would you get from that weekend? Right. And like, you know, was it, what was the information? Did they give you some amazing contacts? And I'm like, no, it got me fired up again. Right. It got me fired up. And you go, what is that worth? What do you like? That doesn't sound like it's worth anything. And you go, what are you talking about? I'm going to go do something bigger than I've ever done before. Right. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Glenn? I, I actually just, well, I'll, I, I, what you said before was uh, you're talking about, you know, you're just in your own head. Like my deal, my strategy is good. My strategy is good. And I remember the, for the first times that you spoke at our event yeah. at, at the mastermind and you're, you know, first off, if, if Glenn's obviously a super share, he comes into this room, he's just like pouring into everybody. And, but you were, you were content with where you were. Yeah. And the, the strategy in which you were doing. And I believe it was like the next time or that maybe two or three events after you came back where you're like, no, I'm doing 50 plus units. That's my goal. I'm doing a syndication. I'm like, where did this come from? Like, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, it's surrounding yourself. It was like not to do, well, I'm gonna, I've been trying to put, you know, try not to do the name drops, but you know, if you can get in the same room as Joe Evangelisti and just pick his brain, like, amazing stuff. He, 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 he will fire you up. He will fire you up by just getting you to talk about yourself, which you go, mm -hmm. how the heck is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> he does it though. Right. You get in a yeah. room with Brady, you get in a room with Marson, you get in a room with these guys and you're just like, you know, like shit, like I, I can do this. Like they're like, what, like, yes, I am content. Yes. I'm making more money than I ever made working for the company I used to work for. Right. But you go, but like, but I could do bigger, right? But I could, um, I could, you know, this is even more powerful. I could help more people. And you go, what do you mean by buying more real estate? How are you helping more people? Do you know how many people are in Ontario that don't don't know what to do with their money? They thought I'm going to buy a rental property just off the MLS, and it's going to double in price every couple of years, and that's that's just going to be my game plan. And it's not working anymore. It doesn't. Yeah. That the strategy does not work in Ontario right now. So. They, they're looking for something. They call you up. I'm sure they call Brady up and they're just like, I need to put my money somewhere. I need to get a good return. And it's not me being greedy because I'm already content. Um, it's I need to find some way to give them the returns that they need. And it, it that sounds like bullshit, but it's not. It is not bullshit. I end up, if you talk to my wife, I buy more than I really want to, manage more than I really want to because I need to place this money, right? Um, I need that they need their money to work. They don't want it sitting in a bank account. They don't want it sitting in their savings account earning, you know, it's not savings accounts are a lot better than they used to be, but still, you know, the, the two, three percent isn't gonna work. They're they're looking to retire off of this money. Like that's not gonna get that's lower than inflation. Like that's yeah. not gonna get them there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So your 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 problem is that you got so many investors coming towards you that you're like you you almost feel like a like a, like uh it's it's your responsibility to place it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's a mindset change too. Because at the start, <laughs> you think you got to chase these people around. That's the worst way. No one wants to be chased. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, and I don't know how you change it. <laughs> Talk to someone who's better than I me. Mean, but that's also how the start the coaching program started. Um, there was these people and they're like, hey, Glenn, I want to set up a corporation. So we're like, okay, we'll set up some corporations and we'll buy some properties. But there is a lineup ahead of you. And I go, okay. And then we just I just couldn't place their money. I couldn't, I couldn't do enough deals because the, the, 
you know, I was doing, you know, short projects, turning the money quick and just doing that, you know, you'd only need like four or five partners and you can do 20 houses a year. Right. It doesn't take right. a lot of people. Um, and then you're like, oh, new people wanted it. And you're like, and I'm like, okay, we'll set up a corporation. And we're like, I don't, I can't, I, I just, I have to work with these other people. I'm, I'm redeploying their money and I don't, I don't know. What, and so that's why I'm like, look, look, let's the, the four of you, whatever, let's just sit down and we'll do meet on Tuesday nights and we'll just teach you how to do this yourself. Right. Um, and it started off super cheap because it wasn't organized. It was just me spilling my guts for, uh, you know, 12 hours. Uh, I think it was so it started at and it just kept and then you start adding more material and you get more organized every time you do it. You start with getting slides. You start building the whole thing out. And now it's like 60 hours to get through the whole thing. And it's, you know, PowerPoints, contracts, everything. But that's how it started. It was just, I need, they, I need that. They need to place their money. They're looking for something. And at that point, you're like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and then, and then your coaching program came out of that. Yeah, that's what the coaching program is. Yeah, and it just evolved. That's cool. Okay, so I I wanted to hit the hit on this uh, a little bit later, but we're talking about it now. So let's talk about this. So, you know, you know, I know a little bit about it, and I know a bunch of my friends and some of the mastermind members uh, that I'm around are in your coaching program. And I know again, you're a super share, but just let's just talk about the high level. What is the coaching program about? How does it help people? Um, you know, invest in the U.S. Okay, well. It starts off because we got to start with the basics because you don't know where everyone is starting, right? There's going to be some people who come in and they own three 30 unit buildings, right? And you'll have some people come in who have never bought anything ever. <laughs> so yeah. you basically do an intro week. Um, if they can't even stomach the intro week, cause it is kind of, you know, there's some strategies we're talking about, you know, you should be able to understand what a burr is and stuff before you come in. Right. Um, like it has to be, you got there's, Otherwise, we got to set you aside because you're way behind, um, <laughs> which I will do. Um, but we do that. And then we just, you know, start the basics. What do you need to do to invest in the United States? You need markets. You need so they're weak on markets. You need teams. You need corporate structure. Um, I bring in Ali Ajami um, from Global Tax Services. He, he him and I teach that week. Um, we get in lenders. We uh, I think it's three hours of talking about lending because it is completely different in the United States. Yeah. And at that point, I always say to them, if you've done your homework, because there's homework with this, if you've done your homework and you figured out your market, you've done some deal analysis, um, you've um, start, reached out, started building your teams, and the numbers are working in your deal analysis, you can go ahead and start your corporate structure at this point. You, you, you have enough basics to go. Yeah. And then we get into the complex stuff, the creative purchases, the creative sales, the contract for deeds, the su uh, subject to seller financing, option outs, uh, all these strategies that don't exist in Canada, how to do private lending, how to receive private lending, how to do joint ventures, uh, how to uh, all the other stuff. Oh, how to sell your properties, how to sell properties to FHA, VA, um, all, the, all the different programs, the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, HUD. Like, what are the different requirements? What are they looking for? Because you got to have your house to a certain level to get there, right? Um, and that's why wholesaling exists, because those houses don't qualify for those things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's why it exists in the United States. That's the honest truth. At least that's my belief, That because they can't sell these. They can't sell. They put them up on the MLS. People, the homeowners will buy them. And they won't close them. And that's why right. they say in those listings, cash only, because they're saying cash money, cash or hard money, because they will not qualify for the government back stuff. Um, so anyway. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. No, okay, so you're set, okay, so, and this is good because like, 
I've tried to enter into the United States back in 2019 and I failed. In, in my opinion, the reason why I failed was because like I was trying to find resources and help and assistance and I just wasn't getting anywhere. I didn't feel I, there was no win. So I lost momentum. Yep. And when you went and so for me, I, and then I just it petered out, which I feel that happens a lot to a lot oh, yeah. of people because there's the barrier to entry into the United States seems very high when you don't have the support. Right. And you can't find the answers and it's really hard to find in Canada. So I think this is a great conduit in a one stop, one stop shop to find the answers in the sport team. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, it, um, not, a lot of it isn't providing those contacts. Like you can have them in some of the markets that I work in, but that's not the idea. It's yeah. teaching someone how to fish, not yeah. fish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to know how to fish for the contacts. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the relationships and, you know, and the strategy and like, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot to it. There's definitely removing the barrier to entry or, or definitely lowering it. Um, okay. So on to the, like, we, you mentioned before that like a coaching program or taking courses, like have, did you ever have a mentor when, when you started in real estate or, you know, through Not your really like I, I'd go to real estate meetups. There's certain guys I'd, we'd hang out even at my house or you go to, you know, go to the pub or something and we chat real estate. But honestly, it wasn't until uh, last year that we, I actually hired like a professional coach. So um, I won't do a name drop, but we spent $35,000 on a coach and it was, um, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of advantage to doing that. Right. Um um, and what you want to do is try and find somebody who is where you want to be, um, not just. Um, and so when you're having your coaching, you know, pre-calls, not just hiring someone who's, you know, doing the same thing as you, maybe someone who's doing what you want to do, something that you see yourself doing in the market you want to be doing it, right? Um, uh, yeah, I I'm not going to go down the rant about some of the students I've had join my program who come from other programs. And you're like, they just spent a lot of money and didn't get what they were looking for because they didn't ask the questions before they started. Okay. So on that note, so why, why are other reasons people fail in real estate? Like if, or what are you seeing from your coaching clients? The one that the ones that don't, you know, break the barriers, get in the U S start transacting, start doing deals. What are, what is the difference between the ones that do have success and the ones that don't action? It's, it's honestly, it's not how smart you are. It's not who, you know, you can get all this stuff. It's, the guys that just do the homework, honestly, by that week four, I can tell who's going to be buying properties and who isn't. It's already been weeded out. The people uh, here are like, hey, um, go analyze one property. Or here is the property we're analyzing next week. Do your homework. Here's all the Excel sheets to fill in. Here is the link. It's just a, from a wholesaler. Like this is a real live deal. Um, no one's buying it, but go through it and put it all in the sheet. And you can see the people who did it and did some others they're like, you're going to see them. Like they're going to, you're going to see them up on Facebook that, Hey, I just closed like five properties in Jacksonville. Those ones are going to be like, you're yeah, going to do it. It's the people yeah. who are like, yeah, um, I just can't put my finger. If I really want to do Florida, Arizona, Ohio, and I just can't really, you know, hammer it down. I really can't. And it's just, and I go, well, here, I'll just give you one, pick a market that I've never seen before. Go to Wisconsin and go analyze some properties there. And they're like, well, why? And I go, it'll give you great practice. It'll give you great practice. If you actually do it, you could probably build a team, but the word, or you'll learn how to talk to property managers. Every time you get off the phone, you'll go, I should have asked them this. I should have done this. And whenever you figure out where you're going to go, you'll have it done. The people who do nothing, though, they're never going to succeed. They're never yeah. going to succeed. And it's not, it's that's, that's like, I'm there as their helper, right? Like, I'm not, 
Like, I hate the word coach. I'm there to help, right? So if they like were doing something, they're working on a deal, I'll help them, right? There you go. But it's, it's the, you can see it's just they're not even doing anything. You're like, you can't right. coach these people. And some of them are serial educational people. They just go from yeah. course to course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've recognized recently is there's some people that like, if we, if we all talk about the 80, 20 rule, there's some people that do 80% education and 20% action and they get absolutely nowhere. And then there's the other people that do 20% of the education and take 80% action. They're going to win all day long. All day long. All right? day. Yeah. 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 The action. Cool. Okay. Let me, let, let's just turn, turn uh, gears here a little bit. Let's just talk about, you know, well, I know this, but like, how often do you work? What is your why? I know you've got kids, you know, talk, let's talk about the family life and your just like, you know, what is the, your work-life balance look like? Is there one, you know, what's yeah. your, what is, what is your perfect day look like? Yeah. So, um, I honestly learned, I'm going to start doing name drops because I think maybe this will help some people. Um, Ari, who is in, on my other podcast, um, he's amazing at developing work-life balance. If you want to say like what his superpower is, it's the, it's, it's planning. <laughs> it's planning. Um, and a lot of it is setting, you know, expectations for everyone around you from the start. Um, so if you tell everybody, um, that I only work till three 30, I start at nine and I work till three 30. There is no appointments after that. So this is a truth story. I had a person contact me, uh, someone who wanted to give me a lot of money. And they said, I will, uh, I want to do a call with you. And I said, um, here's my calendar. And they go, I want to do this day. And I'm like, well, it, and they're like, but it's all booked. And I go, yeah, uh, it is. And I'm like, we'll just pick a different day. And they go, well, what time do you work till? And I said, 3.30. And they go, could we do it at 3.30? No, I'm done at 3.30. Right. And like a lot, of, as soon as you, that's a hard thing to say. And if you, if they, cause you're like excited for it, you're excited to do the thing, but if you can stick to your gun, you are going to be your own worst enemy about this whole thing. And I yeah. stuck to my guns. And I said, no, we can do next week. And you know what you've done? They said they scheduled, we did the call this week, which was last week. Um, we did the call this week and you know what you, you've totally managed their expectations. Now, whenever they work with you, if they work with you, they know you work till three 30. They know they can't call you in the evening that you've set this and you did it right from the start. If I would have allowed that, what would that have done to our relationship? It would have changed everything. So yeah. with all of that, your joint ventures, your money partners, your contractors, your students, I have a, a calendar that my students can book in. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, it's Friday usually during the day or th actually it's Thursday, but I moved it to Friday recently um, during the day. And they go, but I, I work during the day and I'll go, let's book the lunch time. Like book, uh, find a time that works, right? This is me giving you my time. And I'm like, and I have my own life. I've, I have worked hard and now I don't want to give every second. I'm like, I have this schedule that I work in. Um, I don't do calls on weekends. Um, typically I like to work three days a week um, is where I like to right now. I'm working five days a week because I'm going on vacation and it's also summer lead up. So summer lead up, right? So, Hey, maybe we should say this. I am, we're recording this the last day of June, right? Um, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but I don't record podcasts in the summer. We're pre-recording the last week of June for all of July and all of August. So this will come out sometime in July or August. Why is that? My kids are home. I don't need to be recorded. I could record this anytime. These right. will release anytime. So it's not that untimely. We're just going to do it all in the last week of July. I'll have basically a hell week, a batch 
it's you're efficient. You do the same thing over and over and over again. Like we're recording this now in 30 minutes. I'm recording one with Ali Ajami. Like we're doing bang, bang, bang. Um, It's, it's about batching being efficient. Um, I like um, one of the things, well, we both love atomic habits, right? So I'm kind of regurgitating some of this stuff, right? But um, I like to build time slots in my calendar, which is one of the biggest game changers of everything. What I used to do is checklists and you have like this, my whiteboard with all this stuff. And you know, the hard stuff, it's always there. It never disappears. It never, never gets done. It stays on the list. It stays on the list and you work off all the easy stuff that you can get done first. And then you get, ah, well, it's like, it's like two 30. Um, like I'll just do some email for a little bit and call it a day. Right. Yeah. And you just keep putting it off. If you go and schedule one hour for those hard stuff and you're just like, Oh, okay. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on it for one hour. I know I'm not going to get it done. Yeah. But I'm going to get some progress on it. And over time, it actually gets completed. But otherwise, like I did checklists for so long. Checklists don't work. Checklists no. only work for easy stuff, right? It doesn't work for big stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what what my what I try to design my life around. And in the summer, it's going to be really light. Um, last summer, I almost took it off. Um, I did my contractor calls, um, my property management calls, um, and partner calls and I kind of like wrapped it up. I'm like with a lot of this stuff, I had the bookkeeper was still working, um, doing the sheets. So I checked those out, make sure we're on on target so that I made, you know, smart calls with property managers. And so I knew what I was talking about um yeah. from the from that bookkeeping. But um yeah, I, I think with the summer, I'm I'm I mostly check it out. I'm I'm probably not going to be buying many properties. Um it's a time where you, you I free up a lot of my time so that I have time with my kids. Um, and then that could be some time too, where you might set up another market, some set up some things because you take a break here and there. If you never give yourself a break, you just run yourself to exhaustion. You're like, I don't want to do real estate anymore. Yeah. I, I don't want to do this anymore. This is exhausting. And uh, because it is, if you don't think yeah. this is a hard job, it is way harder than my old job working nine to five. I work yeah, so real, real estate's not passive. No, not at all. <laughs> Maybe if you're the passive partner, if you're like a, a money partner in a syndication deal, like you're putting some money in, uh, you know, you get your statements every month or every quarter. That's pretty passive. But being the active, it's 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 active. <laughs> like, yeah. Even if you're doing a buy and hold, people are like, yeah, I want to buy, you know, just buy single family homes and hold them. Like it's just passive cash flow that's coming in three five hundred dollars a month. Like there's nothing passive about that. Right. Well, no, and those are the people, the ones who do check out on it are the ones that are like, oh my goodness, they haven't paid rent in three months. Oh my yeah. goodness. Like, you know, like, how did this happen? And you're like, you, you hear these stories and you're like, you, you talk to them and you go, wait, how did you not notice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? what? <laughs> you know, how are they that far behind in their rent? Like how yeah, did yeah. That happen? How are you in this such a bad situation? How did you get this far? How was there not an action that was taken? Right. Right. Not call a paralegal earlier. How did you not involve your property manager or your contractor? How did this not get rolling? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we can, I can, I can, you know, I would say that like I, I made some of the similar mistakes, you know, I was in a similar, my first property was similar to situation to yours, but I realized it was because I was in, it just wasn't treating it like a business. Right. Oh, where, where, where I think this is where a lot of people think it's, it's just like, yeah, it's passive investment property. There's nothing to it. It's easy to just put people in there and pay the rent. But obviously it's, it is a business, whether you have one property or a hundred. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's honestly a question I get. How long have you been running your business? 
And I, I get that on whenever I'm a podcast and I go, well, I was doing uh, real estate in Canada for like five years. And then I've been doing real estate in the U.S. for seven years. Uh, and I've had a business for three. <laughs> that right? Yeah. Because otherwise, wow. before that, it was it wasn't as it wasn't organized. There wasn't a system. Like if you go and talk with Brady, yeah. you, you know, you come from a very organized background um, from your previous employer as well, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And off the start, there wasn't a system. There was it, right. it was just you bought properties, you you got an email, you you pivoted, you responded, you you worked on stuff, and there wasn't a system. But like now, like if you build a book that you can step away from, right? That there's a system. Like just for instance, um, the example I love to give is just to pay a bill. I get a bill payment in and I have a, a book that has the system written in it. And if I got sick, my wife could read the book. And what the book would say is, oh, you got the bill. Check the bank account, make sure there's money in the bank account. Step one, then pay with the Amex ending in this number, right? Then pay off with the bank account, then enter into the accounting system. Like ping, ping, It's that's a simple thing, pay bills. And if you don't build, break it down like that, all of a sudden you are running around with your head cut off. Yeah. And no one else can do this job. Well, that's right. And you know, the one thing that I'd like to just, if, if, just a question to ask people, whether you're getting into this or you already have a portfolio is what happens if you went got sick? Like what happens if you, you know, like worst case scenario died, like what would happen with all of the, the stuff that's going on? And we, we have something similar to what you're just mentioning. We call it an office guide. So it's like a step-by-step by step. And it's a great process to do when you're starting, because then when you hire people, it's there, it's like a, it's an education yep. source resource as well. Um, but then worst case, worst case, if anything ever happens to you, at least business can go on and your family can be looked after. Oh, to give you some credit, like I built one of these, years ago because i heard about it on a podcast and i built it all out and then i sent it i gave it to my wife and i was like i printed it out and i had it in a binder and i gave it to her and she's like this is complete nonsense <laughs> right <laughs> because out back in the day right there was canadian um stuff and us stuff in there and there was like um money was being paid from canada across so there was transfers and it was complete nonsense right yeah. and uh um and then I was just like, okay. And then the whole thing was, then I changed. I started, you know, keeping like a lot more old crap money in the US. So I wasn't transferring this money around all the time. Um, and then uh, I just sort of left it. And I had that old book. And then uh, I started going to your masterminds. Was that like a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that. Um, and then uh, I don't know if it was you or somebody there was talking. I think it was you. It was definitely you. Because you're talking about when you're, you know, from your uh, previous job. Yep. And I, I, I went and rebuilt it. Right. Because it was like, or updated. It is like, yeah. none of the stuff works. Like, if you don't update this, what the heck is this book for? Like, if now, right. if I, like you said, worst case scenario died, my wife pulls up this book and she's like, this bank account doesn't even exist. This, yeah. like, this is garbage. <laughs> so, yeah. A lot of this, you build systems. Um, and the reason these systems fail is you. If you don't run them, if you don't tell people you can't work after 3.30, if you don't update the stuff, if you start skipping out on that hour that you're supposed to be working on this big task and you go work on something else, you're the one that's going to break the system. And that's the hard part. When you had an employer, your employer would be like, run the system, do this. Now it's you. And it's the, that's the hardest thing is it's you. You can go to the beach. You can take off to wherever you want. You can do whatever you want because you're your own boss. And you're the one that's going to break this. 
Yeah, you know what, girl, and I think that could be like one of the big, I mean, we've gone over a ton of stuff so far, but like that is the one of the biggest things that I've learned personally is just what exactly what you're saying is where you block time in the calendar for the hard things, right? Whether, because even say, for example, having a meeting, like if you don't love having meetings with a property manager and it's not in your calendar, chances are you could be like, oh, sorry, it's not going to work today. I'm Like you'll just give yourself an excuse or no, or just it may never just happen, but Blocking time in your calendar and, and and getting it done earlier is the the one thing that I've done in the last 12 months that has personally helped change our business, the direction of a business, because we're doing the hard things. We're doing the stuff we don't want to do, all the stuff that's on the list that stays. So if, again, urge everybody, take that nugget and implement it into your life right now. And it could be, you know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be real estate. It could be anything, any goal that you want to accomplish. Be your whole life. Yeah. And that's yeah. the hard part is people aren't organized as a whole, as a general statement. Uh, like yeah. I'm honestly not an organized person naturally. <laughs> I have to force it. It's not, right. it doesn't come naturally. <laughs> I don't yeah. like it. Um, but if I fall out of the rhythm and I see it, my wife will go, she'll notice it. She'll go, yeah. Glenn, it's five o'clock. It's five o'clock on the day you have booked off. Yeah. Why are you in your office? What What are you doing? <laughs> like, and you go, shit. Um, yeah. And so, um, I don't know if you do this, but every about, yeah, I like I was about to say every other month, but that's a complete lie. Probably every half a year, I like to do a time audit, and it's an eye opener. Um, just sit there and take a piece of paper or print it off a computer, and it just has like every fifteen minutes for a full day when you're supposed to be working, yeah. and just write down what you're working on, and you will be ashamed of yourself when you re look at it because you're like. You know, off the start, you'd be so motivated. You're like, uh, I, you know, moved money from the one bank account, got some stuff transferred. I contacted this person. It, it's, it looks really active. And it's just like email, 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 email. And then you're like, um, and then you, you, you took a long lunch and you, you didn't do anything. And then you're like, what do I fill in in the sheet? And you're yeah. like, like, and then people go, well, that's okay. Get your, your own boss. But you go, all those gaps add up and those gaps if you just move them if you worked hard for a short period of time and you move all those gaps to your monday you no longer work mondays if you just get freaking focused on your wednesdays you no longer work when mondays right yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah, <laughs> great you'll see the gaps <laughs> great strategy so audit your time and yeah. so do you know you do this once every six months you said yeah but okay. honestly uh, I, like I, it. I told i told my students that and I honestly believe that no one's ever done it. I yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing this, man. I don't think anyone's ever done it. <laughs> but you'll see. You'll you'll start to see what the hell was I doing for those 15 minutes? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I actually like I noticed that myself. I was working on a project. This was a few weeks ago when I was in Canada working in front of my team, and I keep on finding myself picking up the phone, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm looking at Facebook, looking at Instagram, and I'm like, holy shit! So sorry about this <laughs> word, but like I'm like. I just saw it catch myself wasting time, right? And so I actually asked one of my staff to do the exact same thing because I'm watching him and I'm just seeing how distracted he is. I'm like, yeah. I just want you to track how often you get distracted and what was the reason, whether it's emails, because a lot of us get distracted for emails, yeah. phone yeah. calls, right? Instagram, yeah. social media, other things, your kids, right? Yeah. If you could get rid of all that stuff and just do this. <laughs> yeah. Stupid games on your phone. <laughs> all, right? Just get rid of all that noise. Yeah. You know? And then just do your task. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. I want to, um, let's just, 
let's uh, before we wrap up i want to talk about because there i don't think there in my personal opinion there isn't anybody that i know more doing more deals in the united states as a canadian you've been in it the longest that i personally know so i highly respect your opinion and, and what you're actually doing so what are you doing right now what has changed you know over the last say one year since the market's been in a bit of a weird place you know in the us and in canada and where do you see the opportunity over the next year okay there's a lot of questions in there okay so what are you doing what right are you now, what, right, is, what am i doing right, right now doing right, is, now? right now we're setting up more teams um we want to double up in our markets um and it is um you know it, it's all good and you create a loyalty to certain people but at the same time it's the same thing like we were just talking about if something happened to you what happens if something happens to some of these teams like there is a central focal point and sometimes they are over controlling and if they weren't there i don't know if the rest of the team would function right um right. and you're like i'm not getting rid of them but i want to have a backup plan even just to manage a few of the properties i need to diversify and then there's certain markets like in detroit right now we're trying to double up our contractors um, we want to do more there. Our contractor, uh, if a contractor tells you that they can do five properties at a time, give them three. Right. <laughs> if they can tell you they can do 10, give them five, right? Because they will tell you that they can handle more than they really can. Um, right. So ours said five. So we're like, we gave them three. And we're like, they're a great team. Love the guys, hard workers, um, on budget, on recently close on time. Um, but you need a backup. Right. So um, not to go down this too much, but we're basically we're building more uh, thickening, th thickening up our teams and we're also setting up new teams. Um, so we're um, I was in Kansas City, Missouri before we're setting up a new team in Kansas City, Missouri. We've been doing a whole bunch of calls. I'm going to Kentucky next week. So we're, I'm going to be talking to some new property managers and contractors while I'm there. Um, so we're going to set up a whole nother team as well because I want to scale. I want to be able to help more people. Um, as for the market and how are we've adjusted because of the market, so depends when you think about it. But where I started the really heavily thinking about it was um, was at fall 2022, right? Where it was maybe September, you know, the interest rates start jumping, and you know, it was it was coming up leading up to that. But I was always like, everyone always is saying that the sky is falling. They've been saying this for like before COVID, right? And then they said COVID was the thing. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> um, but when in the fall happened, it, it honestly, I got scared. Um, to be completely honest, I got scared. Um, and I was like, and I saw him jump and I saw him jump and I saw him jump. And I'm like, first of all, I was like, how is Toronto still alive, right? Like, you know, those mortgages are so high, right? Um, and then I was like, okay, now how is this going to affect me in the U.S.? Am I, how is it going to affect my buyers for these properties? How is it going to affect my refinances? And one thing is, is I have a very thin team, is what I like to say. Um, on my, my, everyone who works for me is paid on um, uh, like a part of the deal or they're paid uh, contractors or sorry, a, a realtor is paid as being a realtor, right? And they might ask to have a couple extra tasks they need to do, like pull some comps, CMAs, um, do, you know, some mild, small things, right? Um, but I, I keep a really tight crew. So what happened is I didn't have to buy, I didn't have to sell um, because they're all paid on commission. So um, I was like, okay, I stopped. And so um, I was on pace to do, uh, I was trying to do uh, 50 properties in 2022. And I was, I was on pace for more than that at that point. And I stopped. I think we stopped around the 30, 35 mark or whatever in, in that area uh, in 2022. And I went, okay, we're stopping. I'm like, 
I'm going to go tend some masterminds. I'm going to go have coffee with people who are, at least I believe are smarter than me. Um, I'm going, I don't have to do anything. So I'm going to have the old crap fun built. I'm like, I'm just going to go chill, figure out what the heck's going on before I make a mistake, buy something that I bought wrong, didn't underwrite properly. And I'm just going to make sure this is on the up and up, figure, basically come up with the game plan. So I stopped and we didn't buy anything until January. Um, and in January, we started buying again, but the strategy completely changed. Um, before, um, some of the biggest returns we were getting were massive renovations. We were buying houses that were on the block to be demolished. Um, and we were just basically stripping them down to the foundation, or like foundation and frame, right? We were putting new siding, new insulation, new HVAC, new plumbing, new electrical, new roof, the whole thing. Like you want to know where the, the biggest money you're going to make? And the hardest money you're going to make, that's where it is, right? Um, and that's where we were doing a lot of really, really heavy ones. Foundation issues that were split and uh, big, big stuff, right? Resupporting houses. And we said, no more. Um, with this market, I need to be in and out maximum three months. I, we need to start doing shorter projects. We need to pivot because I don't want the exposure. I don't know what the market's going to be like in a year. Before, if you're doing a one-year project, Cool right? Cool. The market went up. It was worth more the longer it took. Um, so it wasn't as big a deal. Um, and especially with the, the, typically the houses I play with, the carrying costs as well, right? So it, it, you're just, it was, it changed. I was basically looking for shorter renovations. I was looking at a different style of house to buy. Um, and and that, that's a big thing that changed. You know, that's, I think, well, there's a, like, that's a huge nugget, I think, for everybody, you know, short term. I mean, it's, you know, and if it's a three month project, it's not, it can't get completely out of control in three months, but a year I got, I got caught in, in year projects. So I completely resonate with, you know, what you're saying. And I think everybody listening to this, that's, that's it. One of the big takeaways for me, for sure. Yeah. Now, what do you see, you know, so your strategy is shorter term for smaller, uh, uh, less renovation type projects three months. And is that the strategy going forward for the foreseeable future? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it that did change, like um, we started uh, planning for multiple exits um, on, on these projects. And in all honesty, the, the main strategy used to be to do a burr. We still did flips, but we were doing more okay. burrs than anything else. And then yep. turning them uh, single family houses into lease options and um, the, the multis into regular rentals. Right. Um, but it's switched to a lot of flips. We've been, um, even when Ari introduces me on the other show, he's like, and Glenn does flips, but like, we still do burrs. We still buy burrs. We still buy yeah. multifamily and everything else. Right. But, um, it's changed to a lot like for single families, like almost always now the, uh, the plan is to flip them. Um, okay. so it, that's changed a lot. Right. Um, in, out, in, out, uh, in yeah. out. chunks of cash instead of cash flow. I already have the cash flow. Um, so it, it that's okay for me. Um, and I do get a lot of people do approach me saying, hey, Glenn, I want to do burrs. And I go, honestly, this is this is another good golden nugget. Whenever I work with somebody new, we do a flip first. Um, as I like to put it, let's go on a date before we get married, right? You don't know what these people are like until you are working with them. Um, they could be your best friend, but when things get stressful, timelines get pushed, you got a hold on your construction. People change. People get upset. Um, and you will learn quick if this is someone you want to be in uh, a marriage with for a long period of time or just into a six-month uh, relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You kiss, you kiss me for you. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a friggin' mic drop right there. Yeah. Okay. I love that. All right, Glenn. All right. So let's, let's just, you know, in closing, what can you, you know, there's a bunch of people obviously listening in varying stages. I, I would always think that there's probably more that haven't got into the U S yet, but they want, they love the idea. What is, you know, one or two big things that these people need to be doing right now. And, um, you know, to, to, to get into the United States. Well, um, <clears throat> not to try and, uh, you know, push us too much, but I honestly, you need to get around people that are doing it. Like, you know, honestly, um, or, or you can do it the slow way. Um, we have, I think, 280 episodes that are about the old ones are about an hour long and the new ones are about a half hour long. It'll take you about three months of day and night listening to get through them all. And you will still only get about 30 percent of what you need to invest in the United States because it's just what people share. Right. Um, like, you know, you, you hear people and they spill like golden nuggets the whole time they have more, <laughs> right? Um, they don't give everything away. It usually comes into their their private groups and stuff, right? Um, so I don't know, take what you will. You can learn a lot that way. Um, a lot of people get references and people from being on the podcast. Honestly, be around people, do some, um, otherwise it's just gonna take you longer. You're gonna do like me. You're gonna waste your first three years in the US. You're gonna do a few properties and it's gonna go, you know, okay, you'll find some problems, you'll fix them. Or you can just build a business right from the start. You can just build a business, start, um, go do a one project, get a proof of concept, build a sheet for it, show it to people. This is what we did. Show them videos. This is what exactly we built. And now let's do tech, right? Let's let's scale this. Or we, we want to do this. We've shown that we worked. Now we want to do it on a 10 flex, right? Let's scale this up. And we're showing you that we have, you got to start with something though. You start with a track record and then build. But um it's going to go so much faster if you work with somebody else. You can totally do this yourself, but it's going to be, like I said, it'll be a three-year process to get to the exact same point. And the coaching is not expensive. It is When you think about it, one deal pays for the coaching. In my case, my coaching is so darn cheap that less than one deal pays for the thing. <laughs> so you're like, it's, you know. It's it's stupid. A couple months of cash flow pays. For I want to smack you upside the head right now because <laughs> I've told you this. Like you probably still haven't jacked the prices up. But they, my guy, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't already signed up for Glenn's Sam course, you should because it's free. <laughs> it's not. It isn't free, but like yeah. for the value you get, <laughs> that's all you do need. Yeah, I interviewed and raise it again. <laughs> I interviewed a guy from Florida yesterday too, and he told me he's like. Um, he, he's a coach as well. And he's like, okay. And we talked about, he's like, what's your coaching program? We talked about it and everything. And he goes, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, he's like, let's go through like, what are the old chapters? And I go, he's like, are you kidding me? And then he goes, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I charged $30,000 for less than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No yeah. Stuff in it. He's like the same stuff, but no creative. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. I know. Yeah, we're going to wrap this call. up. So where do you want people to uh, follow you? You know, where can they find more information about your coaching program or just, you know, Glenn Sutherland? Yeah. So um, I'm working on this. I've been improving the website a lot lately, but right now a lot of it's hidden links. So, um, but glennsutherland.com, you can get to the podcast, the YouTube channel, you can get to the coaching. 
Um, I'm starting to build all these hidden links like glensutherland.com slash lending, glensutherland.com slash credit cards, glensutherland.com slash whatever. So they're all coming out right now. They're hidden, but they're all, you can find them just by, I just said it. Um, but there's tons of them I'm building. So they'll, I'll probably update the main page once the whole thing is done. Cause I want to get, you know, all there's all these places to, you know, find these other, other vendors and other things to work with. So um, that's a slow process that I'm, I'm slowly, slowly building out. And honestly, I'm trying to get, um, because uh, you have to get everyone's permission, so it's a it's a lot of phone calls to even get everyone on board to uh, put all their stuff your their stuff on your website. Um, yeah. Anyway, that that it's the website works and it builds it out. My phone number is on my website. Honestly, though, if you call me and I don't recognize the number, and honestly, when I'm working, I'm working. Um, so I'll usually will text you back and say, let's here's the calendar link, let's schedule something and and fill out what you want to do. Um, I need to be prepared. I need to know if we're talking about joint ventures, private lending. What if you're not looking about interest in the coaching program? You're interested in being on the podcast. I want you to tell me what's going on. Otherwise, you're going to waste your time and my time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and Glenn Sutherland, thank you very much for uh, coming on here and being our guest on the Canadian Investing in the U.S. And for you guys that have listened, I hope you appreciate this context and, and Glenn's time. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe to the Canadian Investor U.S. podcast. We'll see you next time. That was a nice video. Bye.